Hi, everyone, and welcome to another 10K Saturday. This week, Allison is chatting with stand-up comedian, writer, producer, director, and actor Carol Montgomery about making a way for women of a certain age in comedy, her love of Dick Van Dyke, and a whole lot more. Now, we love talking to people here on this podcast. If you're thinking of starting a podcast, we recommend checking out Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout will get your show listed in every major podcast platform. You can start with gear you already own, even if you don't have any, and a quiet space. Go to 10kdollarday.com slash buzzsprout to let them know we sent you. And if you're wondering, uh, what's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. It's Carol Montgomery. So let's get to meet this funny woman of a certain age. Here we go. And now is 10K Saturday with Allison and Lulu. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another bonus episode of 10K Saturday. I'm Allison Burns, and if you're looking for our full episodes about imaginary luxury travel, those drop on Wednesdays. But today, you're here for an interview episode, and I am so excited to be able to talk with writer, producer, director, actress, and stand-up comedian, Carol Montgomery. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, everybody. How are you? How It's so miserable right now in New York City. It's like a billion degrees outside. It's so bad. You're in Florida, right? Yeah, it's it's a billion and one degrees here. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's summer. I literally went to the gym this morning, and um, I can I know that I I actually because I I actually my t shirt was sopping wet, so I went okay, so I can prove now that I worked out. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know about you, but I hate summer clothing. I would much rather be like layered mm-hmm. and drapey things and sweaters and boots. So I don't enjoy the the summer clothes that I have to wear or else, you know, heat stroke. So. Right, right. I mean, I agree with you. I like wearing layers and I love fall clothes, but because I have um, worked out and I have these like biceps, I'm always in a tank top now because I'm just showing everybody. <laughs> I'm showing them my guns, show them what I can do. So I'm very proud of myself. Well, as you should. That's what, you know, I see all those people that post their Instagram photos of them without their shirts on. I'm like, you know what? You worked hard for it. And if I had worked hard for it, then I would probably show it yeah, off too. Yeah, so. absolutely. I wouldn't show off anything but my my arms because everything else is, it's like the one thing I can look forward to. It's like, oh, guys, good arms at my age. So that's a good thing. <laughs> oh, no, you and I met in New York a few years ago. And since then, I followed yes, you. I followed your career. But I wanted to actually take a minute and find out about the beginning of all of this. So was there a moment in your life where you knew you wanted to be in show business? This is something that I'm passionate about. Or did it kind of fall into your lap and you grew to love it? No, that's a great question. Um, I'm uh, 63 now. So I started stand up in 1979. So I just turned 21. So I've been doing it a long, long time. And I just wanted to make people laugh. You know, I mean, I am back those days, you know, now we're talking in this late 70s. Maybe, maybe there were 50. And so so I remember seeing um, Freddie Prinze, not Junior, his father on The Tonight Show. And I went, I want to do that. If you had told me that it would take until I was in my 60s to have some kind of like big, you know, success, I'd have been like, all right, I'm going to become a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, that's easier. I'll get there faster. Yeah, it's way easier. It's only 10 years of college as opposed to 40 years as a (laughs) stand-up. 
Oh, that's awesome, though. And do you have a favorite avenue for yourself? I know you do television, you do stand up, you, you know, you, you write, you direct. Do you have something that you love the most? Or do you feel like you enjoy every bit of the creative process? Right now, I'm in develop. I'm developing a solo show with a young lady named Caitlin Bailey. And, um, and I'm really enjoying that. I'm in pre-production for a national tour and also for for uh, funny women of a certain age, the TV special, but, but the, the, I enjoy sitting back and seeing a project develop. So uh, it, it's different than stand up a, because it's not me. So if I had to choose, like if somebody right. said, okay, you, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? I would probably say that I'd like to work and develop, develop talent. I can tell you it. And a lot of people think when I say somebody is good, they go, Oh, that's because they're your friend. I said, no, there are people that I will actually go. I don't like them personally, but they're great comedians. So, you know, I have a good eye for all talent. So if that would be even, even in the point, like with, with Caitlin show, that's a solo show. But I could easily pick and choose and, and say who should have a comedy special on the street, the next big streaming service, because I've been around forever. I know what works and doesn't work. Yeah. Well, and speaking of what works, you created the concept of funny women of a certain age a few years ago, and it was a pretty quick development. I remember hearing you tell me this story a couple years ago, how within just months, you had thought of this, you had started to perform it, and then it was picked up into this TV special. And right. now you have two that have already been produced, which is amazing. What is that momentum like? What does that feel like? It's very odd. It's it, it, it And it's a great feeling. It's because, you know... It, in show business, you know, you throw enough crap against the wall, something is going to stick. You know what I mean? So this show was was very special. Do you know what I mean? It was very like from the moment I came up with the idea, it just started to snowball. We had a, a live show residency at the Crane Theater on the Lower East Side, and it's a small 99 black box. And um, and from there is when we had the showcase for all the networks and all the networks were there, you know, HBO, Amazon, Netflix, Hulu, Showtime. Even CNN was there because they were thinking about doing a documentary about it. So we had all of these people there and then we had kind of a bidding war. And I went, we decided to go with Showtime because they gave me my first break a billion years ago. Like we had, when we were going through all the different networks, I said, I really want to go back to the place that believed in me first. I love that. And yes. so now we're going into a, a third funny women of a certain age. And how does that feel? I mean, it just keeps going. It's wonderful. And, and what, what's funny is, is that we all joke that had the pandemic not happened, uh, we'd be on our fourth or fifth one. Oh. Um, when it Because it literally aired March 14th and we all, the world went into lockdown on the 16th. Wow. And it's nice to be able to give all these women their due, which is what the show is always about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you, how do you put together your pool of talent. You know, when I first started uh, the show, I, I, I wrote a list of all my, and, and basically it's all my friends. And I, I'll be the first one to say that, you know, I wanted to work with my girlfriends yeah. and you, women in comedy do, we don't get to do that a lot. Don't get to work, you know, they never put more than one woman on a show. So I, I basically, it's rare that I uh, use somebody that I don't know, but every so often, like a couple of months ago, there was a young girl that I had, well, young girl, she was a young comic, but she was, you know, a woman of a certain age. She had done a Zoom show with me and I thought she was really funny. And I said, do you do one of the live shows? So that will happen. But for the most part, these these are women who've been doing stand up for years. You know, most people don't know them. Um, you know, they've done cruises or casinos or, you know, comedy clubs they've stayed under the radar but i wanted to give them a chance for pe people to see 
what's out there. Yeah. And th- you're really pioneering this kind of wave of women in comedy because it is unheard of, like you said, to put so many women, to put all women on one stage for one special. It had never been done before. And I think it's so relevant right now. And because of the pandemic, do you feel like you lost some momentum? I know you said you might have four or five out by now, but I also feel like a lot of people got to sit at home and, and see the special a few dozen times, which may have helped. What is your thoughts on that? You know, it, when the pandemic hit, like like everybody, you know, we all, we were all sideswiped. I mean, because you know, like everyone I've spoken to, we we all talk about how we made homemade pizza and we were drinking, and because we were like, we're all going to die, so what's the point? Do you know what I mean? Like, and we realized, you know, three three or four months into, we went, all right, maybe we will actually come out of this. And I all through the pandemic, you know, with social media, especially, I I kept the name out, so. Yeah, I mean, we lost some momentum, of course, but but for the most part, now that we're back, it's like we never stopped. It really, literally, I think everyone thought when the pandemic was over, we'd ease back into life. We, it's like I, I literally not stopped since we got the go ahead to do a third special. That's good. And so I guess it's a promising feeling, right? Like this is the industry is going to come back. We have high hopes. People are going to come out and see, you know, live shows again. Is that kind of the feeling you're having? Oh, yeah, that that's already happening. I mean, we're we're working on a national tour right now. We're hoping to do some like small special event dates in November. So I've been going all over all over New York City to the point where like I'm doing a show in Astoria tomorrow and then I'm I'm, I'm literally taking the subway all the way down to Brooklyn and everyone just wants to be out there and, and go back to live entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And do you have a release date for the third special? Not yet. We're shooting on July 20th at the Irvine Improv um, with uh, Terry Hatcher, Gina Yashare, Wendy Liebman, um, Monique Marvez, uh, Leanne Lord, and myself. It probably late September, early October. That's awesome. Well, we will definitely be looking out for that. Um, It's so exciting, the tenacity that you have and the gung-ho. And like you said, you're giving these women a platform. It's inspiring. Um, I love watching the specials. I think I can't wait for the third one to come out. So before we go into uh, our next little, you know, top five, go ahead and yell out some of the uh, social media handles that you want our listeners to follow. Oh, yeah. For me, it's at National Mom, at at National Mom at Twitter and at uh, Carol Montgomery Comic on Instagram. And then if Instagram and Twitter for for funny women of a certain age, just just put in funny women of a certain age and it'll come up. So and please follow us. Like I said, this thing's just snowballing. And it's really fun for me to be able to give uh, these women a chance to shine. So and and the other thing I always say to people is and because you've seen both of the specials for some reason you don't like the first comic you're going to like the second yeah. comic there's something for everybody like I always say that like you, the biggest problem they have with comics uh, with female comics is they'll say that we talk about the same thing all the time. And it's like, you know, but a guy can talk about living, smoking weed in his parents' basement. Like, literally, you're watching a show and going, okay, so it's the fourth comic and they're all doing the same thing. That's okay, but God forbid we should talk about our children or our, you know, our dating. And it's the other thing. Some women are married. Some women have children. Some women are divorced. Some are single. Some have never had children. So you can't really say that women talk about the same thing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And even if we do, I feel like we all have such a different take on those things. <laughs> it's, it's that whole, you know, women aren't funny. And, and it's like, okay. Yeah. All right. 
Yeah, yeah, I've heard it so many times in my career that I'm just like, yeah. all right, but well, yet I'm still here. I'm 40. I've been in this business yeah. 42 years. I raised a son. I bought a house. Yep. I've, I made a living as a comedian. So obviously I'm doing something right. Well, if anyone missed those uh, links to our social media, we will have all of this information in our blog post. Just go to 10kdollarday.com slash 10k Saturday and click on Carol's face and all of her information is going to pop up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I can't wait to ask you these questions. I'm so interested in finding out like your isms from a, you know, a friend standpoint. So my first question is, Carol, what's your current obsession? My current obsession is the Dick Van Dyke show, the sitcom from oh, the 60s. Yes. For people who are big TV people, I've always loved the show. It's really what they call, you know, is a classic. The first episode, the pilot, he wasn't in it. It was Carl Reiner. Carl Reiner created the show and Carl Reiner was playing the character that becomes Rob Petrie. So you have to see the pilot. We're in the fourth season. We're about to get to the fifth season. And we, my husband and I were talking about, it and I said, the thing that why it's great is because you, you see between Laura and Rob that they are really a couple. Yeah. They really love each other. And they, it's obvious they've had sex because even with something as great as I love Lucy, you never saw the emotions of being an actual couple. The Dick Van Dyke show to me is the first uh, sitcom that really shows up because, you know, it's coming off the 50s, you know, Father right. Knows Best and uh, Donna Reed. And it's really, to me, I watch it and I go, oh, this is so good. And then the, um, uh, the, the, the comedy writers, Maury Amsterdam and Rosemary, they're brilliant. Yeah. I mean, like it's, it, 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 there's not a bad person in that show. And Carl Reiner ends up, you know, creating the show and he plays the uh, his never seen boss for for a lot of it. Uh, he does guest star starring roles in it at all time, playing different characters. And it, it's just for someone who's a, I, and I'm a sitcom baby, like I love all sitcoms. It's fun to rewatch that. That's what we did during the pandemic is we started to rewatch all of the old sitcoms. But he's my obsession right now. I love that. That's awesome. All right. What's on your current wish list? Um, What's on my current wish list? I think everyone is still very um, timid, you know, um, I want to travel, you know, I'm at, you know, when you get older, that's really all you want to do. And I know your show is all about travel. I mean, I just really want to, I want to get into a car and I want to get into a plane and I want to just go. And it's, so that's the wish. I wish if I could wish for everything is for people to be cleaner because I know I'm going on a plane in three weeks and I'm going to be wearing a mask and wearing gloves and I, I used to do that before when I traveled. I always wiped everything down because I've sat in, in too many planes where somebody's picking their toes on the yeah. dinner tray. Yeah. Or they like take their hair and they put it over the seat. No, when that happens, I take a, <laughs> I take a scissor and I cut their hair for them. I'm like, that's beautiful. Your hair looks wonderful now. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. I love that. Wish list, wash the hands. All right. So if you had $10,000 just sitting around, just cash, extra, and this is on you, what would you do with it? What would I do? Yeah. I would, I would travel. I would absolutely travel. I've been, you know, we would, we had talked about going to Italy before the pandemic and I would like to, I would love, like I, I had a friend of mine who actually stayed, I want to say it was a castle or something, but they, it was like this, it was the type of, like, if I go to Italy, I'm going to have a backpack and I'll be doing Airbnbs. But if I could go, I would, I would go luxury to Italy. I want to stay in a castle and have somebody cook for me. Yes. 
full service. Listen, Lulu and I didn't even realize when we, you know, create all these 10K days that soon people would just be traveling in their minds. So it came in handy. We were on to something. It's all imaginary in your heads. But now we're like, okay, <laughs> that's enough. Yes. Let's start, you know, actually making these dreams come true. So if you had $10,000 extra, but you had mm-hmm. to give it away, is there a charity, an organization, even a single person? Uh, how would you give away $10,000? I would probably, I would find a charity for uh, female veterans. The military is my heart. My dad was a Korean War veteran. I did 11 tours, comedy tours overseas for the troops. When we would do these tours, I, I we still haven't figured out how to do this yet. But I said, you know, we need to start doing the tours for the bases here. Because everyone thinks, yeah. oh, well, everyone's overseas. But, you know, it, when, when you return from being on, on a tour... It messes with your mind. I know I the first tour I ever did, I was in Iraq, right? And we were there for two weeks. And you really, in two weeks, you become part of that. You know, like you get up and you do, like like I, I felt like I was in the military. That was two weeks. My husband said that I came home from Iraq and I slept 24 hours straight and I never moved. I just lay there like he would literally go and check on me and make sure I was still breathing because I was so exhausted physically and mentally. So now imagine being in a war zone. It's great that we come out there and we ease their pain for whatever it is, but they need more help when they get back home. And especially the female veterans, you know, because... You know, so that's uh, that's yeah. what I would give the money to. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I was a military brat too. My dad was in the Air Force for 20 years. And you're right. The bases where people live their lives and, you know, they have their kids go to school and they do their grocery right. shopping. You know, it'd be great to bring that funny right. there as well so they can, you know, go home smiling maybe one day too. Just to do a show for for the wives, you know, because they're, they're, they're guy. Like yeah. One of the sweetest things that ever happened when we were in Iraq I did my show and this young soldier comes up to me and he goes, I just wanted you to know, ma'am, that while you were on stage, my wife gave birth to my first child. And I like got overcome. And then, of course, I said, did you name him after me? And he goes, no, I wouldn't do that. I don't know you that well. It was very funny. But it, but it, but it was, it, you know, what I mean, like he had to miss the birth of his child. So at least we eased his pain because we were we were having this great time. Yeah, that's awesome. That's amazing. Uh, all right. And so my last question, we end every podcast with this. I think I, you've heard about it before. It's what's your happy today? Um, I have I have decided, you know, we, I live in New York City and it's getting back to the, you know, like I'm a New Yorker. So everything is get out of my way. I hate you, you know, F you this and F you that. <laughs> but one of the things I've decided to do is when I see somebody, mostly it's mostly women, you know, and, and for the gentlemen that are listening, men can't really do this because but when I see a woman dressed nicely or I, I like something she's wearing, I just I tap her on the shoulder and I go, that's great. And for it's great to watch women's reactions, because the first one, when you tap somebody like what? <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, I really love that necklace. <gasps> oh, thank you. Like, it, 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 you know, because we don't women don't do that. So you're just walking down the street. But I there was yeah. a young girl. She was this just happened like two days ago. And she was, you know, typical, you know, young. T- and I and I, I love the dress she was wearing. So as she's doing this, I went nice dress. And I kept walking and she turned and she went. Thank you. Like, like she was so shocked. First of all, I'm an older woman. I just wow, nice dress. Yeah. And I, that's my happy. I want women to unite with each other. Does that make sense? You know, like I want women to feel like we're all on each other's side. I was shopping for this outfit and, you know, 
the dressing room was closed. So I put the dress on over my head and I zipped it up and there was a woman watching me. And I looked at her and I said, dressing room isn't, you know, they're not open. She goes, well, it looks great. Let me zip you up. And so we were doing this whole thing, which I never do. You have to understand. I mean, for the people listening, I I I, I wear like follow t-shirts, but we're doing this and she's looking, she goes, oh, what size is that? And I told her and I, she goes, oh man, I would love that. So, so I took it off because it fit perfectly, which is very rare for me because I have giant Breast. I, I as I was leaving, I saw I saw the dress because it was like in Burlington where you know you have to go through everything to even find something. And I saw the dress in her size, so I literally found the dress and went all the way back <laughs> over to the store. And I gave her the dress, and she was like, "This is so great." I said, "I know." And then, so I want to. I, I I feel like that's we need that now. We need to connect in those tiny tiny moments. Yeah. Well, and especially you know we've missed that for so long. And so it is important to bring that back, even in the smallest way. Yes, absolutely. So that makes yeah. me happy. And then, of course, being a Jewish mother, anytime I get to see my son, oh, is my happy. You know, so that of course he brings, he he brings me the biggest joy. Is is and you know he's a grown man now, but I still, yeah. I you know I still I still love him. Still, he's still my baby. You know, you have a daughter. Right. I, I have two. Yeah. They'll always be my babies. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. The one just turned 16. So she's like oof, off on yeah. her own. And I'm like, I still want to be able to hold you. My husband and my son are coming out to the taping, you know, and I said, you have to yeah. because I need you yeah. there. It's a very it's a very subtle thing for me. My, my husband kind of plays bodyguard for me and he just makes sure that nobody gets near me because I'm in the midst of doing a billion yeah. things. But for my son, the first special, of course, my son is not the the. Um, He's not the on timest person in the <laughs> okay. world. So when I was getting ready uh, and uh, and I, the stage manager said, do you need anything? I said, just let me know when my son's here because I was in makeup and he hadn't gotten there yet. And this was the first special. So there was a lot riding on me. And uh, and she she peeks in. She goes, your son's here. And he, she brings him to, over to me. And I stopped what I was doing. And I went up. It's like six, four. And I, I went up and I just I just put my head on him. <sighs> You know, and I just let, and he was rubbing my back and, and I went, all right, you got, okay, bye, get out of here. You know, I just needed to know he was there. He's like my, you know, like when you were a kid in tag and you'd play, you know, something was home base. He's my home yeah. base. Like I, as long as I can touch him and go, all right, I'm good. He's here. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that's a, a weird way of describing it, but that's really what it is. No, I love that. No, I love yeah. that. You just, you connected, you got your energy you mm -hmm. needed. And now, yeah, I can go about my day, do my, do my yeah, show. Yeah, exactly. I can kill it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Carol, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with me. I know you're a busy, busy woman. Everyone listening, please make sure you follow Carol on all of the different avenues that she's doing. You can check out all of those links at 10kdollarday.com slash 10k Saturday. And again, just click on Carol's face. <laughs> It'll be there. And thank you again so much. Thanks. Best of luck. I cannot wait to keep following your career. Thank you. And I'm so excited for what you're doing for the world of comedy and the world of women. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great day. That was 10K Saturday with Alison and Lulu. And don't forget, with friends like us, who needs amenities?